Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Well, we are out and about for the first time in a long time. In fact, I think the last time we did an out and about red business, I was standing on the same street. It just wasn't as noisy, and there weren't as many people enjoying themselves. We are, of course, at the most talked about street in the country, Prince's Street. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business. Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, I did promise the last time I was here I was going to come back, if not only to prove that such an endeavour wasn't possible, and I wanted to lord it over my next guest who was uber confident and needed to be brought down not one but two or three (laughs) notches. Yet here I am, Claire Nash, sitting under wonderful umbrellas, listening to people out having a, a glorious time on what at the moment is a rather misty Irish summer's afternoon. It happened. It absolutely did, Jonathan, thank you. We sat here probably this time last year, did we? And we were sitting on an equally misty afternoon, but we would no coverings. So no, we were hiding under what can only be described as the world's <laughs> smallest umbrella. Yeah, uh, whereas yeah, now we appear exactly. to be under the world's biggest umbrella. Yeah. So Mary Poppins in the last year has put up her umbrellas. No, we went into the Prosta consultation and Falcha Ireland and the Gardaí City Council and the fire department, 10 of us here on the street operating together. There's 32 businesses with consensus for this project. We were asked by one of the senior ministers for a proof of concept. And I think that we have done proof of concept in spades. We put in our order for these gorgeous pagodas, which are stormproof, weatherproof. They're the material that are made of the super yachts. And you notice that there far is from gaps super yachts in them. you were raised now, Claire Oh, Nash. indeed, and as a Limerick girl, far from super yachts, you're dead right. So um, Gavin from Acme Blinds um, did the design, and Mehel were the architects for the project. We love symmetry with food. You want everything, you know, to be correct. And I think when we look at the 80-metre expanse, Top to, the, top to bottom, this is pure symmetry. Now, we've spoken during the pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. You were at home uh, oh, yes. making a variety of baked goods, if memory serves, uh, and you didn't have the opportunity to get back into the shop. Now that you've been back over a week, what does it mean to Claire Nash, and more importantly, what does it mean to Claire Nash's head to see all this activity? Oh, it's, you know, it's like the balloon was well charged. I'm beginning to breathe, I'm beginning to relax, our shoulders are coming down. For the last couple of weeks you'd have seen only frowns and, you know, stress, which everyone is under, everyone has suffered from it. But now there are smiles on Princess Street again behind my own doors. We're 29 years operating, Jonathan, I'm sure you've been in started when you were 21, amazing. I did, 22, Jonathan. (laughs) And um, so we went through opening at 730 we went right through closing at six. Now we have decided that due to the our response to the pandemic and the way people are working, we're opening um, later in the day and we're putting our full emphasis on lunch and dinner. We are, um, we've launched a gorgeous, gorgeous wine list, a wine shop. Post this next phase of COVID, we will be indoors and outdoors for our gorgeous wine bar. Small plates, interesting food highlighting and showcasing the producers that I love to work with and have done for years and years. Um, What I love about it is that, you know, you you took the idea, you ran with it. We know what's happened in other places, that they looked at their shoes as opposed to looking up at the sky slash umbrellas. Cork seems to have stolen a bit of a march. I mean, you've had other people coming to you going, 
we like what you did could we yeah. do it as well yeah very much so you know you would talk to all your colleagues the length and breadth of the country and very much in Dublin Galway Limerick in fact even Killarney I got many phone calls before Christmas um, what did you do how did you do it and this was before we put in this order now unfortunately we we stole a march because we put these this order back in in October each and every individual that is going to or that is using them put a lot of money on the table for our deposit now that was fairly you know that was a huge ask um, because at the time we were locked down again um, we all had believed that this was going to work and I think it can happen on most streets that have now there's a lot of organising in this and there's a huge amount of buy-in from council our council backed us this isn't something that they had dreamt up either only in the last couple of um, months but you know when you talk about reimagining your city like we have a guy inside in council and he's one of the head engineers and by God does he have vision we locked onto him because you know we knew that he sort of saw what we were trying to do you come over Parliament Bridge there and it's just like a bit of heaven. Yeah, it really is and it's, it's great to see. And, and are we running at full potential yet? Because I know that there's other plans in here at the moment. I know that like that there's, obviously we're staying dry at the moment. Yeah. There's heating, there's lighting, mm-hmm. there's all sorts coming. Yeah, so they, so these these pagodas are rigged up, as you can see, for um, electricity. So there's going to be, it's going to be heated and seated, permanent structure on the street. We will zip them together and they have rain socks that will come down into my gorgeous plants that are my olive trees and my iliagnus, which will be naturally watered and eventually, hopefully, we'd have sustainable energy coming off our flat roofs. I mean, it's enormous potential, but what we have to be careful of is that we're still working within a COVID. Um, you know, the protocols are the same. We don't want to be locked down again. We need to operate um, correctly and properly and also work together in just not causing any issue within our city or within the street. Eventually, I, you know, we are going to have about 350 seats on, in, in the city already with all the um, outdoor dining permissions. We have, as you know, 17 streets pedestrianised. But would you believe we're north of 2,300 seats now, which has taken the potential of a problem or a crisis, you know, it's taken it off Kennedy Key. It's taken it off the roaming keys and the roaming gangs. And we've seated the problem. And and, And it's really worked. And it's helping businesses who are on the street as well. And and there is a nice atmosphere. I love walking around town in the last couple of days. It feels like the city is after coming back to life. And I don't mean that just because of COVID. I mean that the city streets have taken on a life of their own. It won't make up for the fact, Claire, that you have an industry that has taken out what? And, and we all hope more than anything else that it, that's it now. We are, we are back open and we're staying open. Um, you've lost colleagues. Yeah. There's no point in denying it. No. How confident are you now, knowing where we have come, knowing where we're going, that the worst is most certainly behind us? Well, I think that you'd have to just start back and compliment the government, you know, no matter what you say, the pandemic... Thank you. The pandemic was just... That's someone just saying thank you, by the yes, way. Yes, that's Christian Moore's brother, Andy. How are you, Andy? <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, we have them all on this street. But, um, Jonathan, we, you know, we all went into something that we were terrified of. And we very much did, did what we had to do. The government supported us because we were the industry that was completely wiped out. We had um, PUP for all our employees, now we have EWSS, we had the crisp payments, you know, so the government have kept us afloat. Of course, we haven't a hope of ever making a profit, probably within the next two years, 
but that's not our game you know we've all been under huge stress and there's no doubt that after I'd say a couple of weeks we will you know we have the ability and the propensity to forgive and forget and that's what we do we've lost a lot of colleagues they have migrated into other industry which is awful because the service industry is vast um, you know they could be in marketing they can be in call centres they can be in some of our bigger like Apple etc and you know a lot of people weren't happy with just the pandemic unemployment particularly when it went into the second year so I hope we'll nurture them back in you know we're missing is the influx of um, foreign nationals that are coming in to learn English they've been a magnificent assistance to us of late of the last two or three years so there's a gap now of two years it is it is stretched to fill it we're doing our best you know but Jonathan I'll have to tell you the best story it's a long long time since I have had young kids from this city and inner city walk into me for a job I had one boy age 16 I told you he'd have to come back when I you know when we were busy do you mind if I come for two weeks and learn he's now employed full-time in my kitchen now it's been 15 years I'd say that I since I had young porters from inner city Cork and that brings me joy those young lads are wanting to work again things have changed I think a lot of it's for the good too and I think that I'm going to look to see what horse you're backing in the Grand National uh, next time it comes round because I genuinely didn't think this was possible yet here we are sitting on the street today drinking iced tea very posh very (laughs) posh I'm telling you well above my station not to mention yours it's been fantastic Claire to have followed you on this journey and to to have gotten to this point I for one can't wait to actually come back in and have a good dirty Nash 19 <laughs> real corker breakfast sitting at one of these chairs in the next few weeks will you have it on you'll have it ready for me will you I will of course Jonathan I'll have that for you you could even have a pint of Murphy's with it <laughs> a bit early for the breakfast but anyway Claire Nash thank you so much for joining Thanks, Jonathan thank you. Red Business all that's best about business in Cork I just love listening to the hubbub of people back out and yeah, about again. Paul Montgomery, owner of Clancy's, how are you, sir? Fantastic. Standing here outside Clancy's on a busy street. Do, do you good? It does do you good, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, the licence trade, uh, you, you were gone. It was, it was, it, it, it was game over uh, for months and months and months. What has it been like for you to get people back out onto the street having drinks, enjoying food, and, and just have some element of normality return. Well, picture this street, uh, and I've had this conversation with Claire many times, picture this street just over 12 months ago when I wrote to the council on the 4th of April last year and said to them, there was tumbleweed blowing up and down here, businesses were closed, and my fear was at the time we'd reopen with limited indoor dining, which happened on the 29th of June last year, and it wouldn't be viable. So it was not going to be viable to open up and still wouldn't be viable to open up with limited indoor dining. And in fairness, as I say, the rest is history. Cork City Council jumped on board very quick. And with the, you know, with the traders leading this here and with the strong push from a few of us, um, it, came, it came to happen. And, and now we're benefiting the fruits of that because we probably have the advantage here in Princess Street that we were the first to get going and we kept going. So we didn't stop when we were allowed um, dining in the streets. We continued it with the good work to get the parasols here, work with the fire department, work with the council, work with the guards. And it's a leading light now in 
Ireland, you know. Now, the question I have to ask is, why the hell weren't we doing this anyway? Um, and I know that there's a variety of different reasons, the weather being the predominant one. Yeah. We, we have rediscovered outdoors, and we've just rediscovered what it means to use streets for things other than parking cars. Because where I'm standing right now yeah. is a car parking space, and was Absolutely. a car parking space, instead of having 30 people around me enjoying yeah. a, a summer's afternoon. Well, part of the submission I made to the council at the time was that this street, going back two years ago, was full of, there was a loading bay here outside Rossini's and every day and every night there was vans parked there. Yeah. It was free parking for, for, for people with vans and with commercial vehicles. So that was definitely not the best vision day or night in the street. Not a great use of the available space. It, it's not, but sometimes it takes a crisis for good things to happen. And I have said several times, COVID has brought us maybe a little bit of luck that we needed and that we got to, to rediscover ourselves and to say that you know, eating and drinking isn't all about indoors. I mean, we have a fabulous rooftop terrace up here and, you know, with 80-odd people up there now um, enjoying an all-day and all-night. And that was, that's what we planned for two and three years ago when we were doing up here. And we had this, a version of this on Washington Street previous, you know, and I've always loved the outdoor piece and we've always pushed for it with City Council. But there's other traders to consider as well, I suppose, in the city. And it does discommode others, we have to say that, you know. Well, co cooperation was key, though, here, because, I mean, yeah. what you you were lucky insofar that on Princess Street you had a group of traders that had... A, a, you'd been forged by flood, if I could put it that way, yes. that, that you'd ended up uniting on a different issue, which probably made this a little bit easier. A absolutely. But there's another thing as well is that we talk about pedestrianisation, Jonathan, but pedestrianisation doesn't solve the city centre issue in trading. It's actually people sitting down. You can get food or drink here without having your table and chair. So it's not the loutish behaviour that maybe authorities were afraid of before. Because you have to have, you don't have to have a booking necessarily, but you have your table. So you don't see people here standing around with drinks or fast food in their hand. They're actually sitting down and they're absolutely enjoying it and it's orderly. One of the criticisms of the on-street drinking, if I can call it that, before you were allowed to reopen, was it was a free-for-all. Yes. But the whole point of having licensed premises is that the licensee controls those who are consuming alcohol on those premises. Yeah. All you've done is extend it out onto the street. Yes. And again, unless there's stuff that I haven't heard about, this has kind of reset the city. It, it, it has. And I was down in the port of Cork and Customs House Quay with uh, the lads here, Sully and Graham, at 10 to 6 last Friday and there wasn't one person on Kennedy Key. So it has actually corrected itself, the issue that was maybe we were afraid of was going to happen, that in Dublin and Cork and some of the cities you had mass gatherings on the keys and places like that. So I think the fact now that outdoor has started indoor soon, it's self-correcting because it is regulated and truthfully, the majority of people want their table and chairs, they want to be served and they want to have a good atmosphere that's controlled and this is, this is working. You, you've also set yourself an ambitious target, no better man to set himself a target after a major economic crisis than putting Cork's Grafton Street on the map. Um, yes. Many people in Cork didn't know we had one and yep. they were probably better off until now not knowing that we yes. had one because it was a rat yep. run uh, yep. and a pretty derelict alley that should have been slow going down. Yep. What have you done with it? Well, we, we um, spoke to Michael Corbett who, who has a property there for a long time, 45 years or more, and we have we've regenerated it. We've regenerated the street well, you know, you can sit out there as well and you can relax and enjoy it. We're open from 4 o'clock and 2 o'clock on the weekends. And um, 
it's wonderful down there now. You know, it's like a, it's like a little, in, it's an indoor outdoor paradise, and it's aimed at a, you know, mid twenties, thirties market. You said I'm too old for it, yeah. You're gone, Jonathan. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but look at you'll still enjoy a match down there where we have the Euros on there at the moment. There, um, people are loving it. We're booked out every night. Um, there's a lovely atmosphere down there, and it's it's really working. And the street, people are passing that street now. And they're looking forward to going down there and they're enjoying it. I want to go and have a chat with Jordan McCarthy, who's, uh, who hasn't got seats on the street, but is on the street about his experience yes. so far. When this is com- coming to a close, Monty, when, when we're allowed back indoors, and God willing that's going to be sooner rather than yeah. later, how much of this is going to still be here? I mean, are, are we going to keep the outdoor while we have the indoor? I mean, have you just expanded your footprint? And is that going to come at a cost to you at some point post-pandemic where you're going to have to give the council a few bob? I think we have to be realistic. I think a lot of people want indoors and there are certainly seven or eight months of the year that you will be indoors quite a bit. As you can see, we're set up for heating here, light and heating. It's going to be warm outdoors. And a lot of people prefer this. It is a European model. I think it's, it's, it's going to work. And yes, we have to be fair. The council have come on board here with us. And if this extends our commercial footprint, within, we, have to, we have to look at that with the council. I'm sure Brian Ganey is coming here behind you. We'll have, to have, we'll have a word with him in a minute. I'd see what his answer is. We'll have to miss you. But we might get a monitorium for a few years until we get on our feet. And I think, I think if, business, if this helps our business to be successful, business people will be glad to pay for the privilege of it. Well, again, it's fantastic to see. I can't wait to get back in and have a proper night out here in front of Clancy's. The, ti- the time will come, no doubt, soon. I'm an old man, as you pointed out. Don't get out as much. <laughs> I'm, I'm older than you, don't worry. <laughs> Paul Montgomery of Clancy's. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thank you. The only show in town for Cork Business. Red Business. So, slightly back up the street now and uh, getting a fresh coat of paint today as well, I have to say. Looking great. George McCarthy, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. It's great to see the buzz around this street and... You know, great to see people back. You can see everybody is anxious. They've had such a tough, long, hard lockdown that, you know, they want to get out and uh, meet friends again and meet for a meal and then have a chat. It's sure. great. The reason I wanted to talk to you was uh, you're not a food business. You are a business that shares the street with food businesses. So I wanted to kind of ask you, what do you make of all of this? I mean, Princess Street is probably the most talked about street, not just in Cork, but in the country right now. That's, that's bound to be good for business. Yeah, well, you know, I'm here 42 years now, so, um, you know, there's far pluses and there's minuses when you're not in the retail business for food. Um, that There's no doubt about that. Access to the street is, you know, cut off a bit for a long period. So, you know, we, we've had many meetings and uh, while it didn't suit some, we still felt it was the best decision for the, uh, the whole street to take. And, uh, you know, it will be reviewed and looked at again. I'm guessing footfall is going to be up because the pedestrianisation of this. And, and Jared, as you said, you've been around a long time. We've always agonised over pedestrianising streets. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a, a living experiment to prove it's not the worst thing that can happen to a street. Uh, no, it's not the worst thing that, that has happened. Um, well, particularly this street, because this has flooded yeah. quite a lot over well, the yeah. years. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people just, you know, they would have heard of you doing trophies and making trophies, but wouldn't have seen the shop. And a lot of people, some people would pop in and say hello. And, you know, I've noticed that you would maybe sell things that you wouldn't normally sell, really. You know, it's that kind of a trade, really. Now that my, my, the first match I was involved with at the sidelines, not playing, was at the weekend. Matches are back. 
uh, you know, we're, 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 back in, we're back in business for all kinds of sports. I, that, that, they must be coming, knocking on the door now already, knowing that this is coming and we will be needing medals and we will be needing trophies. So they're coming back, I'd say, Gerard. They are. Business has picked up, yeah, since the teams have got back playing again. Uh, even last year's championships, you know, they weren't finalised, really. There's Nemo are still to play their county final. So there was only about three competitions, I think, finished last year under the county board, whereas normally there'd be 15, 16 championship winners, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's been a weird kind of year on account of that. But it's great to see the uh, matches back up again and running, you know, and you can see it. People are so anxious, you know, to get out and watch it too. So hopefully that will change. and people will be out soon. Have you, you obviously haven't gotten back to a match yourself yet as well, maybe. Have, or have live. you been on the sideline? No, not live. I've been watching uh, certainly an awful lot of matches uh, on television. I was going to say, a few of the ones you might have been involved with yourself over the years on the replays. Oh, I, I try to avoid them, really. <laughs> people are very quick to pick up on things, you know, and they say, oh, I think that was a foul there that time, Gerald, you know. A lot of water's passed under the bridge since then, says you. Uh, you're getting the paint job done today. That's obviously going to give the place a good spruce up. All of your neighbours here have benefited from this extra talkability, if we can talk about Absolutely. it. Uh, no. What's the future like here, do you think, for a business such as yours? As such as mine, I think it's down to the individual, really, you know. It, it makes it awkward for customers to uh, collect maybe a couple of boxes and things like that. Because they can't park immediately can't, on the street. Come down. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we try to um, alleviate that by telling customers, look, um, pull in on St. Mal pull over, ring us, and we'll get the stuff up to you, you know? So they're happy about that too. There's always a solution. There is. If you want to, you'll find a solution, Jonathan. Gerald, it's been great to see you. Good luck with the paint job, and uh, here's hoping there'll be a lot of high-quality trophies heading out of here in the next couple of weeks. Please, God. Please, God. Gerald McCarthy, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. You're welcome. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. So my final guest now on Princess Street is somebody who was here the last day as well and he was telling me that Cork City Council were working with the traders to put up some form of semi-permanent umbrellas and like I did with Claire Nash I said yeah I'll be back to see them I will and me you know what. Brian Ganey of Cork City Council you have proved me wrong you have proved that the local authority can actually get things done in a very fast and efficient fashion. I could nearly, I, you, you could nearly knock me over. No, thanks, Jonathan. Look, and it's it's great. It's uh, I think it's a great example of early engagement and collaboration here with the traders on the street. I suppose what set out last year as a very simple idea first. You know, we were touching water. I suppose trying out the concept here, working with the traders to see how it would work. And look, you know, again, we were here last August. Uh, lots of people in the city, uh, you know, enjoying the festivity and the hospitality of the city and everything that this city has to offer. And, you know, we further developed that concept now into providing, uh, you know, these permanent uh, infrastructure and parasols here in the streets. So, look, I think it's a great, a great example of an evolution of a project and key, key in early engagement and key collaboration with stakeholders, I think, uh, is the hallmark of this initiative. Now, of course, the big challenge is that you've done one, 
and now all the other streets around who are potentially looking going, well, we'd like a little bit of that or we'd like to do something similar. Um, is there is there an opportunity now to do more? Uh, w- yeah. Is there a way in which you're going to be able to do more without causing too much of an impact on the movement of, of delivery vehicles, for example, or people making deliveries like Jeremy McCarthy was just talking about? Yeah, look, I, I suppose, yeah, look, we have made an application to uh, Fault Ireland uh, for an additional four streets, uh, Beasley Street, Union Quay, Caroline Street and Pembroke Street, to do something very similar here to uh, Pembroke, or to, here to Princess Street. You know, those yawnings and parasols have been designed, so we are hopeful, uh, funding permitting, that we will equally uh, reproduce what has happened on this street, in those streets, and look, in many of the other 17 streets that have been pedestrianised, you've seen, you know, where the council have issued over 150 street furniture licences, and you know, so a number of streets here in the city, you know, they're catering now for alfresco dining and really working equally well. You mentioned permits. Permits used to be the most expensive, cumbersome, laborious things that that they were almost designed to put you off applying for one, and that was for one or two seats outside, not. 80 odd as we're sitting here on Princess Street has the council learned a lesson there that you know maybe they were standing in the way a little bit too much of something like this and the pandemic has shoved us in the right direction yeah look Jonathan I suppose look obviously we have to work with business business has had a very difficult time uh, but equally I suppose uh, you know you have to control uh, what people can do and permit what people can do so look certainly uh, our operations directorate you know have issued all those 150 licenses and we've changed that now slightly in terms of we're licensing particular areas rather than number of tables so I think that's working very well but for you know the licensing section have performed really well and working closely with business and listening to business but still doing it in a in a controlled way because look you know there are other stakeholders that have to use streets and that as well um, and we have to take into account the views of all those people and you're doing the decent thing right now there's no charge for what is happening here at the moment because let's face it these businesses have been on their knees it's a great opportunity for you to make a few bob in a few years isn't there when you do start charging for all of this is that in the plan no look Jonathan this is purely about supporting business uh, at this time uh, you know in due course look there, there may be funding challenges for the city obviously there's been a, some reduction in car parking to make all of this happen uh, but certainly look the uh, you know and government's approach today through all the various business supports has to be in support business in as far as we can so I don't see any change in that uh, certainly over the ne- over the next number of months but we'll, we'll collaborate and consult with business before making any changes in that regard. We always looked at other places and went isn't that nice and then we came home and said well why can't we do that and the pandemic has caused lots of things to change people cycling more that's happened in Cork people eating out al fresco that's happened in Cork our city for its many many positives wasn't very livable i.e. you know we didn't have this type of culture and atmosphere that we have right now is this the Cork of the future is is this what we're looking to build upon now when we're attracting inward investment when we're attracting tourists when things get back to normal this is another thing that we're going to showcase on the Forge Ireland video that it's not just Blarney Castle and going down to West Cork it's eating on Princess Street and look certainly uh, you know obviously there's been uh, no positive impacts of Covid but 
what I would say that COVID has allowed us to is accelerate some of the existing policies uh, that are in place. So certainly, you know, with our new city development plan, the focus is to make this a very people-centred city, a people-friendly city, uh, you know, and in turn to boost tourism numbers and visitors who want to come to the city, but also to people who want to invest in the city. You know, looking around us here today, we happen to be in Princess Street, but as I say, in many of the other streets, why wouldn't you want to be living in Cork City and enjoying the hospitality that Cork City has to offer. I have to say, this is a very unusual position for me to be in. I can't give out to you about anything. Normally when you're interviewing the local authority, you can dig them a few times. It's a very unusual position, Brian. You don't know how, feel, how you feel about it. I know, look, it's great. And look, from our perspective, Jonathan, it's been a great project to have been involved in from the city's uh, perspective. And look, certainly, you know, I suppose we're held up there now as kind of leading the way in terms of what we've done here. And look, uh, you know, it has worked. It's not without its issues, but I think the key thing that people that have difficulties, just to consult with the local authority at a very early stage. And we have core, you know, which is the group made up of city centre businesses and other public agencies that really was the nucleus and the focus for making all of this happen with, with the traders themselves. Well, if you get the sun to come out for the rest of the summer now, you'll be minted anyway. Not sure that's within Cork City Council's rebuild, but you can try at least. But right now, Brian Gailey of Cork City Council, thank you so much for joining us here on Red Business. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you. My thanks to Brian and all of my guests here on Princess Street. Don't forget, you can download every episode of Red Business right now from redextra.ie. May Fian was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business. All that's best about business in court.